0: Hello and welcome back to the Spirit of Joy Sermon Podcast. My name is David Hansen, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to our continued conversation as we read through the entirety of scripture. This last week in our community we read uh, the prophet Isaiah and some of prophet Jeremiah. And during worship on Sunday we talked especially about Isaiah We heard some of those passages that are so familiar to us that are a part of our Advent worship almost every year. About how God will bring comfort to the people of Israel. About how God will raise up a king of Jesse's line. About how God will make the pathways straight in the wilderness. The high places will be brought low and the low places made level. If you've not read Isaiah before, I'd invite you to do that. It's a, it's a beautiful book uh, talking about God's salvation and restoration of the people. And even if you haven't, I hope that you'll take a moment and listen today as we talk about the power of hope, real hope, to transform our lives. And it's my prayer that you will be enriched and find your relationship with God deepened by these words and this continued conversation that we are having with Scripture. Learn more about our congregation at S O J O Y, that's SoJoy.org. I hope as you were hearing uh, these readings from Isaiah, you heard some things that sound at least vaguely familiar to you, yes? Comfort, O comfort ye, my people. Make straight a path in the wilderness. Every mountain shall be brought low, and every valley shall be raised up. A tree shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. Right, where, where where do we know these these passages from? Messiah. Christmas handles Messiah. Messiah, more 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 specifically, right? Advent, not Christmas itself, but Advent. These are the verses of hope that we hold on to in that season of waiting as we get ready for Christmas, as we prepare for the coming one. If you are not up to speed, uh. With your reading, I hope you will at least jump in at Isaiah. Just read Isaiah 40 to the end. It is some beautiful, beautiful gospel proclamation there in the midst of the Old Testament. As Isaiah proclaims again and again this word of hope. Hope. I think hope is a word that we use differently in church than we use anywhere else in our lives. Think for just a moment about the ways that you use in your daily life the word hope. Imagine how you've heard it said by others. A college student who says, I didn't study enough for this test, but I sure do hope that I pass. The prognosis isn't good, but I hope that my dad gets better. I left ten minutes late, but I still, still hope that I get to my meeting on time. Right? Isn't this kind of how we use that word hope? That more often than not, when we say hope, we mean it's probably not going to happen, but I sure do wish that it would. Hope, in the way that we usually use it, means wishful thinking. Stuff that we don't expect in a million years to happen but it probably will anyway. And we're holding out for that 1% chance that maybe it won't. I have to get to Katie at 5 o'clock and I hope that there's no traffic. I've got to mow the lawn today. I hope that it cools off a little bit. We use hope to mean wishful thinking. And friends, that is the opposite of what Christian hope is. When Isaiah talks about hope, Isaiah doesn't talk so much about what's going to happen, but about who is going to do it. Isaiah doesn't talk so much about the proof and evidence that these things are certainly going to come to pass, because Isaiah is talking about a king coming in in Israel. When Israel is currently Conquered by other nations. Isaiah is talking about the people of Israel rejoicing when they have been slaughtered by foreign powers for centuries. The evidence is that that's not what's going to happen. But Isaiah has hope, a sure and certain hope. Not a 1% chance hope, but a sure and certain hope because of the one that Isaiah trusts in What Isaiah talks about is what God has done in the past Who God has been in the past Our hope is not because of what's going on in the world around us But because of who God is I mentioned in the children's sermon And I know that it's shocking that my spouse loves me very much Now, I can't prove that to you. I can give you no argument that would prove to you that my spouse loves me or that your spouse loves you. You can't see it, right? And everything could change tomorrow. And if you know me, I'm sometimes not very lovable. So there's pretty good reason to suspect that she might not, but for everything that she has done in the past to show me that she does love me. But for everything that your spouse has done in the past to show you that they do love you. But for everything your parents have done in the past to show you that they do love you. The friends that are who are there for you between, be, be, from thick to thin, right? We have hope that that connection will maintain not because it should. In a world like this, we ought not be very loving people. All right? We're, we, we live in a world where you look out for number one Right? So, why would you love anyone? We live in a world where it's easier to tear down and build up. So, why would you love anyone? But for the love that we have been shown in the past, we live in a world where there is very little reason to trust that things will turn out well. Have you watched the evening news lately? No, I don't either. <laughs> We've all experienced heartbreak in our lives, disappointment in our lives. We've all done the things that we know that we ought not do and have our own faults and failings. Why should we trust that God will love us? Why should we trust that it's all going to turn out well? Why should we trust that God is with us through it all? Because God always has been up till now. Not because of who we are. Not because of what is going on in the world. Not because of what is happening in our lives, but because of who God is. Who is it that made the heavens and the earth? And you think your problems are too big for God. Who is it that brought Israel out of slavery through the Red Sea? And you're worried about the troubles that you face and whether or not God will be there. Who is it that came down from heaven in the person of Jesus Christ and gave his life for us? And you think that you're unlovable? And you think that what you have done is insurmountable? God has shown again and again and again That God is with us, that we are loved, that we have been called by name and known, and that where we go, God will go with us. It has not changed up till now, and it will not change tomorrow, or the next day, or the next day. We have hope. Not a wishful thinking hope. Not a, I'm unprepared and I still hope I do a good job hope. Not of this will probably never happen, but boy, wouldn't it be nice if it did, sort of a hope. We have a sure and certain hope based on the God who laid the foundations of heaven and earth. A hope based on the God who loved us through the grave and beyond to the resurrection. A hope that will not fail because of who God is. When we say hope, we say, I know when we say, I have hope that God will prevail in my life, that means I know it. I believe it 100%. When we say, I have hope that the sun will come up tomorrow and God will bring a new day, means I believe it. I trust it. The assurance of things not seen. That is our hope. And our hope Despite all the evidence of the world and our lives, our hope in the God who never disappoints, our hope will never disappoint.